Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Welcome to the HIV podcast. Each week, we focus on a person, historical event, or pop culture moment linked to HIV and explore the story of what actually happened. I'm Sarah. And I'm Jess. And between us, we've been working in the field of HIV for 40 years. Our aim is to get as many people as possible HIV educated. Hi everyone, just to let you know that this week's episode of the HIV podcast contains adult themes as well as the mention of suicide, rape and frequent swearing. So listen with care if any of this might be a trigger or may offend you. Welcome to the HIV podcast with me, your new host, William Hampson, because I get mentioned in the show so much, it's practically my show. Uh, what's, 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 what's this? What's, what's happening what is this? Here? What's, What's this happening? tomfoolery that's going on? Who no, is this person? Cut the mic, well, cut his mic, cut the uh, mic. It... Right, the mic's muted now, Sarah. What was that about? I don't know. Can you believe that? Shall I take over our podcast? Actually, he is coming up as a guest later on on the show. Slightly different format today, but exciting. So, you know, let's not be too rude about him. It's true. I just didn't expect, you know, a, a show hijacking from the off. <laughs> That was just it, wasn't it? It was just like, <laughs> that's it. But yes, as Sarah said, it's actually quite exciting. We said we're going to have lots of new things this year. And one of those is to actually be including guests within our show. So we are very excited to have the lovely William Hampson coming up later. But I mean, it's not his podcast. So I'm just going to carry on with regular things like news that we have, Sarah. Okay. Oh, what you got? I have got, it's just a little shout out. It's just a little shout out. It, I mean, it is news. It's news and a shout out. All in one. So this is from the lovely, lovely people over at the Mortimer Market Centre. And they got in touch and said that they are really trying to let the world know that you can book. I love that they said the world. I'm like, you've come to the right place, guys. 176 mm. countries. And then to let the world know that you can book online for prep appointments and that everyone is welcome to go and access prep. It's free, confidential. And they're just so excited. They said, can we let everyone know that they are just five minutes from Warren Street Tube Station in London? So obviously not that helpful if you're somewhere else in the world. But if you're in London, get down there, baby. 
It's a free confidential sexual health service and you can book anything online. And again, they said everyone is welcome. And I love that. So hi, everyone at the uh, Mortimer Market Centre. And there is your shout out. (laughs) Excellent. Anything else? I have no newspaper clippings this week, so you'll be relieved about that. The article of shame. Anyway, I don't have any more news either, Sarah. And I don't think we need any more news because I think the biggest news of the day is what our topic is. Well, let's get on with the show. This week, we have a special guest. It's going to be more of a car crash than usual. No offence to our guest. So the guest in question compares us to Richard and Judy on acid. We're not sure if that's a compliment or not, and we're certainly not going to investigate that any further. Neither of us want to be offended. But our guest this week is author and all-round good egg, William Hampson. Sarah just applauded Will. I was going to join in, but every time we applause, my microphone just cuts out. It thinks it's just background noise. So it's just oh, silence. No. So it's a solitary yeah. clap. <laughs> so everyone just imagine applause. Crowd goes wild. Welcome, Will. Hi. First of all, before we start, let's just show the author's book. Oh, do we have to? Here it is. <laughs> okay, that's enough. <laughs> now, you also go by the name Lost Boys of Soho. So let me just check how we should refer to you. Should we call you Will or should we call you Lost? Well, I'm not really lost, am I? So um, it's the bitches in the book that were lost. So no, <laughs> Will. <laughs> Perfect. So you're happy with the name Will. Excellent. Yes. Okay, well, look, you did a fantastic rant on our episode a couple of weeks ago, all about the language that we use around HIV. So first of all, let's refresh ourselves about what you said. Hello, HIV podcast. It's William Hampson here, and I thought I'd swing by to have a massive rant. Because in early 2023, I received an email from a small HIV charity which went as follows. <clears throat> Dear Mr. Hampson, I was incredibly saddened to see you refer to HIV in your book with such stigmatising language. For your benefit, I have included a link to an invaluable HIV language guide that you will hopefully find educational. I mean, come on, the absolute gall of this woman. Anyhow, as she stated, there was a link to which I gave a good fingering to, which opened a PDF from another HIV charity titled HIV Language Guide. God, I went a bit Pat Butcher there, but anyway. This guide, no doubt, typed up and approved by those not living with HIV who perhaps feel somewhat expert in an experty way. And a bit to educate myself on how I am to refer and talk about my HIV that I will live with for the rest of my life. I was absolutely astounded that allegedly I and people living with HIV are not allowed to say things like HIV positive person. And instead we must say person living with HIV with a side note that said put the person before the virus. I mean, really, come on, who gives a f***? And you're not allowed to say HIV virus, and instead must say HIV. Okay, I get it. The V in HIV stands for virus, but I ask, how many over all these decades view HIV as an acronym, and not just as an established word in its entirety? And if we're honest, the public most likely think HIV is just a poncy word for AIDS, with just a dusting of knowledge that HIV and AIDS are two separate diagnoses. But this is the real cracker that really gets me in a tears. We're not allowed to say became infected with HIV, with the real emphasis on the word infected. You have to say, contracted or acquired HIV. I mean, what's worse? The use of the word infected or the use of the word acquired, which is defined in the thesaurus as acquire by or obtain an asset or object for oneself. 
So next time I share my status, I'll say, I acquired HIV, that's right, I felt like treating oneself, so I popped down the King's Road and acquired HIV just like I would a new pair of shoes. Either way, acquired or contracted suggests HIV was deliberately sought. While some may take issue with the word infected, surely it outlines that the individual didn't deliberately seek, or, I hate to say it, be deserving to be HIV positive. While the previous decades spewed up so much hate and HIV stigma, one thing is for sure that the general public are on a level pegging in terms of HIV language. Given there are fewer numbers of us living with HIV today than previous years and decades, who is this language guy really targeting? And does putting up barriers such as this make the general public more fearful to even engage in the topic of HIV and or a person's HIV status in fear of saying the wrong thing? I recently witnessed this setback the gay community with regard to gender and pronouns, both with the general public as a whole and the gay community itself, all too scared of saying the wrong thing, thus closing down conversations entirely. While language is always important, I feel it would have been beneficial to produce a guide for people living with HIV to better deal with the language that they may find offensive. And if me referring to my HIV jovially as the AIDS in a bit of camp banter is offensive and keeps the conversation open, then so be it. Let's not make society too scared of saying the wrong thing when they are in some instances still scared to drink from the same cup or breathe the same air as us who are HIV positive. There we go. Run over. And I'll tell you what I've cut out, Sarah. That was a great rant, as we know. But what I have cut out um, is how much we then ranted afterwards about the same topic. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Will just creating this just enormous rant from us. That's oh. what creates good debate, though, isn't it? When somebody yeah. has a rant about something, then everybody else can join in and rant as well, rather than, I've found over the last few years, silencing people. I think it definitely did that. I mean, it certainly touched a nerve with me and Jess um, and it definitely got us thinking. But do you know what else? It has made me more wary about how I refer to HIV, which isn't great considering what my job is. So you so, that quite the opposite. Yes, which is why we need to have this conversation. The pointy fingers, fingers already come out. <laughs> it's already begun. It's too early. You're not going to mind us saying that you're an HIV positive person. You're extremely open about all of that. So how do you like people to refer to HIV? What language do you like them to use? I think to a degree you've got to tailor it for each individual, but I think that's down to the person that's addressing the person to be able to kind of suss out what that person's about and how they're going to react and take it. For me, I just, I think my entire life, taking everything with a massive dose of humour, and I think I get that from my mum. But, you know, for me, kind of referring it to it, to it as the AIDS and a bit of camp banter, I just kind of feel, just text the elephant out of the room, you know? It's like I, 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 it's like I work in a pub in central London and we do comedy nights, three nights a week. And we get, a variety of comedians come in, some that are really well-known, some that are not well-known. But now I think after Britain's Got Talent, was it with uh, the Lost Voice guy? We get a lot of people with hidden and visible disabilities. So we have one guy that talks about doing the worm and his Crohn's disease, which obviously is would, would be a good thing with his, with his bag. And then you get other people that have got physical disabilities that will refer to themselves as crips. You know, and it's kind of like me referring to HIV as the AIDS. It just takes the elephant out of the room, makes people feel a little bit more comfortable, I find, anyway. We sort of think that giving something humour, it, it, it sort mm. of takes that wind out of it, doesn't it? it? It makes it feel so much less tense. And I feel like as soon as you make a joke about something that is quite serious like that, 
everyone sort of relaxes a bit. You see the shoulders come down slightly and it's like, okay. Yeah, exactly. And John Rivers says it, you know, I can't think of the quote that she says, but she had that famous outburst not long before she died, actually, where she stormed out of the, the news interview when she was promoting her book. And they were kind of provoking her about some of the comments she's made. But she kind of says that, you know, people, when they're kind of facing a horror or a tragedy, making a joke about it just gives them a little holiday, you know, gives them a little bit of a vacation. Is there anything that people could would or could say to you that you would find offensive? No. Because essentially it sounds quite, and sometimes I question myself, am I a bit of like a psychopath? Because people can say stuff to me and it just doesn't, just doesn't bother me. I think with the book, what I kind of highlight is that when people use language that is deliberate weaponization, the problem is more with them. And that's what I think is concerning that people kind of do things now, especially with the age of computers and social media, people can hide behind a computer and, and social media accounts that they can just be so malicious. And I think even though it doesn't, particularly bother me and i highlight that with a situation with a blackmailer in the book didn't particularly bother me it just felt wrong and that they couldn't get away with it and i'm always aware that stuff that i don't find offensive that person might feel empowered to go on and do it to somebody else who perhaps isn't as thick-skinned and and resilient as me so i never kind of class myself as a an advocate but i do think that sometimes challenging these situations is a it's a force for the good really because i think sometimes people need to learn that they, they need to kind of moderate their language. But with me, I just feel as a bit of a punch bag, really. You know, if you've got something to say, then come and say it to me. Don't tempt us, Will. In, initially, at the start <laughs> of this, when Sarah said, is there anything we could say that could insult you? I wanted to go, let's try. That's what this podcast will be. We would just Go for it. <laughs> no, no, no. But I think as a gay kid growing up, I always heard it at school, you know, I've talked about this on some of my blogs and that, is that, you know, you have kind of heard it all before, you know, nothing's kind of new, nothing is, it's just, but I kind of like the fact that bullies at school that used to bully me and it was quite ironic really because i went to an all-boys school those bullies kind of people always often said you know oh were you bullied at school yes if you could have a moment to go back and, and speak to those bullies what would you say to them and you know they would kind of have a bit of rant to them or tell them that you know you made my life miserable and hell and you know i took it all the way up to adulthood whereas i would actually just say thank you because for me even though it's wrong to bully somebody it made me so resilient i feel anyway and it's just made me so thick-skinned and strong to be able to overlook some of the kind of bs that adults today come out with so you i mean you mentioned in the book kind of how you tackle people trying to blackmail you and you do get the impression that those people in the book really didn't know what they were taking on and probably mm. <laughs> regret it now <laughs> But I do like your stance that you're saying that you're doing this so that they don't do it to other people. I think Yeah, because it's it just was morally wrong. I think I just think that when we do wrong in life, then they need to be they you know, need to be held to account. Yeah. One of the reasons that you came on the podcast and you did a rant was because somebody had contacted you about the language that you use in your book around your own HIV diagnosis. And they were actually trying to correct some of the terminology that you'd used. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your face. Take a screenshot, Jess. Do you know, it was just, it's like, when I've spoken to friends about this, they say, were you angry? You know, were you really mm. pissed off? Were you mad? And it's like, I don't know. I, don't know, I can't explain what I felt. I just, my, I kind of had a Nikki Graham from Big Brother moment. Like, who is she? Who is this person? You know, how dare she? So I think within a few minutes, I was straight onto the laptop, you know, click, 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 click. And I was searching, trying to find her on LinkedIn and, you know, trying to kind of find out who she was Mm. to kind of understand 
what position that she held to be able to come to me. And I'm assuming that's all it could be that in the language I was referring to HIV as the AIDS, you know, just as camp colleagues, camp queens do, you know. I just kind of wanted to establish was this somebody who was. Uh, <laughs> this is what you have to put up with, Will. Grace is now trying to come on the screen. <laughs> Cat bottom in all of our faces. <laughs> this is just what you have to put up with. I've never had a face full of pussy before. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> my shit, I'm a Monday morning. <laughs> Love it, <life. laughs> That's right. Very well okay, groomed. There you go. Off you go. Very shiny. Hairier than you'd imagine, isn't it? <laughs> it is, yeah. And ginger. <laughs> multicoloured, actually. Well, not multicoloured. She's gone all red. <laughs> anyway, if anyone is wondering, that's my cat who just made an appearance. You're clarifying that because she will edit it out. Well, <laughs> no, she won't edit it out. And Sean, our boss listens to this, and I don't want him thinking that I am inappropriately. <laughs> well, being inappropriate with our, with our very first guest. Yes. Mm. <laughs> so we attract people to the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no one else wants to come on ever. Everyone's like declining requests all over the place. I don't know if you'd get quite a few. Look at your pussy, I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> I have to Sorry, look at God. it every week. We could go down this road all day, couldn't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we? Where were we? I don't know. Let's come back from the carry on film kind of theme that we were starting to generate. So, yeah, I just kind of thought, you know, who is she? Because, you know, I, I kind of, if someone's got something to raise with me or a point to raise, I'm quite happy to be able to, you know, listen to it, listen to their view, their opinion, and perhaps take on board what they say and perhaps even moderate. So, I, you know, I kind of thought, well, you know, who is she? And I kind of got the impression that all she was complaining about, although she never really made it clear, she just said stigmatising language in your book. And I just thought, you know, it's, I can only think that that could be the AIDS that could possibly offend somebody. Mm. And I found, and it was just a very small charity, HIV charity, very small. And um, from what I could work out, she wasn't living with HIV. And I just thought, you know, who are you to tell me when I'm the one that's living with it, you know, and you, you may be qualified in the sector or the organization with whatever you're doing, whether it's through experience or you got a certificate in a lucky dip or something, you know, but who are you to tell me? I wouldn't dream when I'm at work listening to some of these comedians performing on stage that refer to themselves as Crips, you know, short for cripple. I wouldn't dare go up to them and say, look, you can't say things like that, you know, if, if that's what they want to do to... I don't. I hate using the term reclaim a word, but if that's what they want to do to refer themselves to because it gets a laugh, then so be it. And I think sometimes in life it's quite good to laugh at things we're not supposed to. My dogs are very much getting involved in this, Will. I can't, I can't hear dogs. them. You can't hear them. Oh, it's just Oh, God, no. Oh, I did then. <laughs> Ten minutes of this now, Will. Then is she'll it, go and right. say some treats at them. No, look, it's just, it's just come here. It's just staring at me. <laughs> oh, no, don't you are him, Will. He got peanut butter just to be quiet and he can't even manage it for 15 Let's minutes. Come back for some more peanut butter. Let's proceed. This is what it's like. <laughs> it's it's just amazing. all over the place. <laughs> yeah, I can see now. What I was going to say, Will, on your point, though, even if somebody was living with HIV themselves, I still don't think it would give them the right to tell you how to talk about your own HIV. As in, fair enough to say, this is how it makes me feel to hear someone else use terms like the AIDS, like in your book. But again, I don't think they could come to you and say, no, I think this way. So therefore, I think you should also think the same way. See, I think I'd take what they're saying with a little bit more credibility, but I would then say to them, well, that's that's on you. You know, it's probably perhaps how you've kind of deal uh, del or come to terms with your diagnosis that's it's not on me but i i'm very careful when i am around people um 
you know, that I know are HIV positive. And there's kind of three different types of people. There's, there's kind of the, the first one that's really, no matter how long they've lived with it, really haven't come to terms with their diagnosis. It's very kind of doom and gloom. And I just think, oh, actually, you know, this is probably perhaps more a mental health issue that's going on here. So I do moderate my language and I am very careful of what I say. But then you've got on the other side, you've got people that are just like me that just accept it. And, you know, we know we can't get rid of it. We've got it. There's nothing we could do about it. So let's poke fun at it, you know? For me, it's just so much easier just being able to just refer to it, you know, as I wish. And I'm quite happy for other people to kind of refer to me, you know, um, as I refer to it as the same way that I do. I mean, look, somebody the other day at work, I told you guys this story with a with voice note, but somebody the other day at work, we were um, sharing a creme brulee from the kitchen of the, the pub because I didn't realise it come with Nutella and it came up in the lift. The kitchen had sent me up one. And um, I had a taste of it. And then my colleague said, oh, that looks quite nice. I'd quite like a taste of that. I said, let me get you another spoon. And he was like, no, no, I'll use your spoon. And I was like, no, 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 let me get you another spoon. Because I was just more on the germs type thing, you know. As I was getting him another spoon, he said, why, you haven't got HIV, have you? And I just, <laughs> I thought I thought it was so funny, but I was slightly disappointed that he didn't say, why, you haven't got AIDS, have you? Because I think saying AIDS to me would have just been a little bit more comical. It would have been a little bit more funny, but being very kind of clinical, like, oh, why, you haven't got HIV, have you? And I've not told people at work. Some people I had found out about the book from another colleague because, you know, the pubs are all interlinked and stuff. and um I just took the opportunity and went, well, actually, yeah, I have. And he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. But it was just a really funny – and he, he was a really sweet guy. I know he probably shouldn't have said what he said, but he was a really sweet guy. Um, we get on like a house on fire. But, yeah, yeah, again, just for me, it was just saying, why you haven't got HIV? It just was so like, ugh. I would have much preferred that you said, why you haven't got AIDS? Because it would have just been, would have been funnier. <laughs> Did he still use your spoon? No, I got him a clean one because as I came back, I said, yeah, I have. So there you go. There's a clean spoon. And he felt like oh. a, 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 he must have been dying inside. Yeah. But um. <laughs> oh, I bet. Yeah, not his finest hour at work, was it? I want to know no, how but... we get creme brulee, Jess, delivered to our workplace. Can I also ask? Because I wanted to butt in well, and it took everything I had not to. Okay, is Nutella not normally in a creme brulee? What's in a creme brulee? Well, it's normally just like a custard, isn't it? But we yeah, do like with a, a cre- yeah, we... sugary top. Yeah, so we do a creme brulee fondue, and I've delivered it to the customer, and it's like swishing around in the bowl, and I'm like, that's not what a creme brulee should be like. But then I was in the cellar, and I saw, because we recently changed our menu, um, in the cellar I saw these like tubs and tubs and tubs of Nutella, and I thought, and my boss is very good, if there's something that we don't use anymore, she just gives it away and you know, gets rid of it. So I went up to the kitchen, I was like all that Nutella you've got downstairs in the cellar they were like yeah I was like are you giving that away because I didn't know we had anything on the menu that used Nutella and they were like no we used it for the creme brulee and I was like what and they were like we put a layer a massive layer of Nutella on the bottom then we put the creme brulee custard stuff on top and the sugar mm-hmm. and we, I said oh that's why it sloshes around in the bowl like a soup make it sound really so <laughs> customers always come up and they go can i have the creme brulee fondue and i go no go for the sticky toffee pudding with the beer is that's nicer <laughs> but now i know it's got nutella in it and it's designed for dipping i'm with it it's not really a creme brulee but i mean i'm there no. for it i'll try it <laughs> it was nice anyway 10 out of 10 to us for keeping on topic well done i will pick up on what you said because you were saying that um everybody views their own diagnosis differently everyone has their own language that they use and rightly so it's your own diagnosis and how you refer to it is entirely your choice which is why i find 
the list that we were, I don't know if we were sent it, Jess, I can't remember, but the list that we came across that recommended what language you should use, I just find it very intriguing because some of the things that are listed on here that I've spoken to our service users about at our drop-in, they were like, no, we'd never, we'd never say things like, um, don't say that you're infected with HIV, just say that you've acquired it, which I know language is changing. Jess is going to kill me for reading these out. But I just don't, I I would never say that someone acquired HIV. It reminds me of um, Only Fools and Horses, you know, where Del Boy would have acquired DVDs to sell. <laughs> so where are we going? What, what, which episodes did I miss from Only Fools and Horses? You're like the one um, where Del Boy told us he was positive. <laughs> that would be amazing. Let's do a remake of that. But isn't it that though? Acquired does sound like you've gone out and deliberately got it when we're talking about HIV. So, you know, I acquired it because I deliberately went out and, and, and sought after it, you know? Yeah, it's in just an underhand like... manner. And now I'm just like not kind of owning it. But some people, yeah. like, especially, I think, well, it depends on the way you contract it. But some people are very definitely or very definite that they were infected. Um, and that's the terminology they will always use. Other people, they use or just, got it oh i got it like this that's when again contracted you know people always say you know oh it was a contract killing you know because they went out and they organized the killing you know so it's like to say i contracted hiv was like i went out and i saw you know to 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 get it and it's like so i always i get it that i think contracted infected are kind of like two similar words i get that but i do feel that using the word infected does highlight that somebody gave it to me you know and it's not a blame game i'm not saying that but I kind of don't have to say it without kind of, you know, it's kind of, I am an innocent party, which I guess we all are because nobody wants this condition. Does just, I think, clarify that I was infected with it, whether it was through a needle stick injury or whether it was through sexual intercourse or whether it was through, see, assault is another one. You know, when they say assault, the day I was at the clinic having the confirmatory test and he was like, yep, that confirms it. And he kind of knew a bit of the backstory already. But every time I said, well, I was raped, He's like, no, 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 well, you were assaulted. And I was like, and it's kind of the one thing that I was really adamant on. I was like, no, I was, I was raped. And he was like, no, 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 you were, and he just kept going on. No, you were assaulted. And in my head, I'm thinking, just fuck off, you know, I just, it felt, it felt like that we were just playing down what had happened to me, you know, because it's mm-hmm. like when we see on TV or in, in everyday life, oh, you know, somebody got assaulted. Oh, why, what happened? They got punched in the face. And I'm thinking, you know, I didn't just fall over and fall on his penis, you know, I wasn't assaulted by his, is is not i was actually raped let's not and i get it it's a bit of an ugly word but that those were the facts that's what happened i just don't think anyone again it's your experience and your description of it i just don't think anybody can contradict you on that and say no 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 it's not language i want to hear let's use this no yeah and i kind of think where where is he getting this from and i thought you know it's obviously i don't know i've been to a cheap hotel on the m25 and spent the day doing a kind of you know language relations course or something and being told that you know by some do-gooder stood at the front with a whiteboard saying oh we don't use the word rape anymore you know it's we have to refer to it as assault you know it's it's 2020 it's just like oh piss off and like Sarah was saying, with this list um, that's all around sort of HIV language that we found, and there's more than one, there's quite a few floating about on the internet that we'd found. And to maybe mm. get a DM like we've had, as you know, and like you've had from people saying, you need to change your language, you shouldn't use this. I mean, the person that messaged us had even said, um, I'm, I'm going to unfollow you. I won't be recommending you as a resource because um, it's, I don't feel it's safe to do so. 
But that's on them, you, though, isn't it? It's, yeah. It's, yeah, exactly. It's down, it's, on them. it's down to the person, you know, what you find offensive. Sometimes you just need to take a chill pill. Do you know what I mean? They did the right thing by unfollowing you because clearly if you were that offensive to them, then yeah. they've got the right to unfollow to not be offended in the future. Exactly. We always say we're Marmite, so that's totally fine. Like, if you're watching our stuff on social media, keep scrolling if you don't love it or just don't listen if we're not for you. We get that. It's not going to be for everyone. We're not saying that. But in the same way, we're also not ramming our stuff down everyone's throat by just DMing people being like, this is what we think you should be doing. You know, it's just bonkers. Okay, so in terms of our kind of message to people are listening about how you talk about HIV or if you're not sure if someone's positive or not, how you kind of broach that subject if you ever needed to. Essentially, what we're saying is just use the language you feel comfortable with. If the other person does take offence or says, oh, actually, I prefer it if you, you said this, that's fine. Take it on the chin, apologise, say, yeah, I'm just learning and away we go. Wouldn't it be better if we encouraged those sort of conversations? And this is what I had with the spoon and the the creme brulee, you know. We then had like <laughs> we had like a fifteen minute chat, you know. He kind of got it all, you know, the whole story. Got the the information about the book. He then wanted to go on and buy a copy, and I managed to you know give him a copy myself. But um, it's it just opened up a, a conversation, and I wouldn't even really apologize if you say the wrong thing to somebody because again, it's just a learning experience. And I think the onus is on the person that's got the condition. You know, if I feel that somebody says something that offends me, it's my job and duty to be able to just educate them. I don't need an apology. You know, so what? They said the wrong thing. They said something that perhaps we don't use anymore. You know, they said something that's slightly, you know kind of got under my skin or offended me but it's my job and responsibility to then educate that person you know and that's that's doing good essentially no yeah i think yes although i don't think everyone is as confident as you in their diagnosis yeah i can get that because but i just i mean i don't know how you can approach it really i think the whole kind of language guide that i got sent I think it said in the small print, like tiny, tiny, weeny small print at the bottom, this the this information was obtained from a survey of HIV positive people. And it's like, I know myself from what I've seen, even though I've had it a few years, that there's a lot of people when they talk about their HIV, they're in very dark places, you know, and there's some people that still years on after diagnosis are still contemplating suicide and things like that. And I just think, when you survey these people, obviously they're going to give you the old rhetoric of the past and words that they find offences. And I think some people still hold on to a lot of, you know, what happened either years ago or decades ago. And essentially, sometimes I think they're possibly the wrong people to ask. You know, I think if you're going to produce a language guide, it should be, or any guide whatsoever, it should be more for the people that are living with HIV, how they can deal and cope with people that might use language that you might find offensive. I think that would have been more helpful rather than trying to preach it onto the majority of society and the general public. That's very true. I could have done though that. We did a funding bid once to um, quite a posh organisation. And I don't know if you remember this, Jess, because you definitely sat with me at the time and I was at a loss. They phoned us, which is always a good sign because they're kind of interested in what you've asked for, the, the money that you've asked for. They wanted to know a bit more information. Great. I'm fully on board with that. Ask as many questions as you want. And this man said to me, uh, we're talking about the bid, which was for positive people. And he said, these people you're supporting, how toxic are they? Less so than the 80s, I imagine. And I was so flabbergasted that I just didn't know how to answer. I was like, what? They're not toxic. What are you talking about? So I think you're right. I could have done with the crib sheet then to be able to go, no, no, no. And we got the money because I think he felt so awful because when I finally got my act together and said, but they're not toxic, I don't understand what that, what are you talking about? It was just that have the money. I think when people living with HIV are a minority, 
you know, these days, what is it, 105,000 people in the UK living with HIV, then it is our job and our responsibility, not only just to take our medication and make sure we, you know, obtain and keep U equals U, but it's also as well to educate the general public. And you can't, I don't think you can feel can, an, any kind of animosity to the general public that are still harboring um, language and, and feelings and I want to say education from the 80s and the 90s, because as you guys know, the government haven't updated the public, you know? So I, I don't think that you can always go, this person, you know, is, is being, um, this person's been a bit of an ass because they're saying things like this, because at the end of the day, there's been nothing that's been published across, you know, the whole nation that kind of corrects or updates society on what, what is. That's so true. But when have we ever heard the term toxic be being connected to HIV? That's where it's like, what? You're not even saying, oh, is it still about AIDS or whatever? To say toxic. And now what I have in my head is Britney Spears toxic, which, by the way, is going to be the music <laughs> I put on this to Instagram stories. <laughs> That's all I can hear is that now. So yeah. Yes, let's do that. Yeah. But when Sarah was telling that story about toxic, my first thoughts were... Is she going down the road of, you know, um, just how toxic people are these days? And then I kind of got the gist where there's a story went on that she was talking about, you know, infectious, toxic, you know. So, yeah, but I think it is a bit of a bit of an education for everybody, really. Do you know what, Will? I think this is something we will come back to again. I hope we haven't been put off the whole experience and that you would like to come back on a future yeah. episode. Oh, do you want a response? Yeah, well, yeah, I mean, we'd like one. <laughs> Preferably words, Will, rather than a terrified face. That'd be great. <laughs> and, and if we've recorded you saying yes, then it's like you can't go back and say you no afterwards. To. Right. Like a contract. No, I'd come on any time. There you go. Heard it there. Everyone's verbal contract. <laughs> Binding forever. Yeah. Exactly. So is, that, is, that, is that the end? Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you so much for coming on, though, Will. This has been amazing. That, oh, yes. Well, we could talk to you all day. <laughs> Jess likes to try and keep it to half an hour. Right. So, um, yeah. If we go on for too long, then people will just stop listening. You right. know. You don't have anything else you want to ask me? Uh, what's no, your favourite crisps? We will come back in future. Is it Seabrook? They're crisps, aren't they? Behind you, Seabrook yeah. are crisps, aren't they? Do you like those? Yeah, because up north they were like, um, you know how like Scotland does Iron Brew rather than Coca Cola. Yeah. Up north it was Seabrook rather than Walkers. So any kind of pub or shop, it was always Seabrook. And I had a spare piece of MDF lying around after a bit of DIY. So I thought, what can I do with this giant piece of MDF? So I thought, as a little bit, and again, I think like um, a couple of people have messaged me about being HIV positive and kind of how my you know home looks. They said it looks very kind of creative and quirky. We think that's probably got something to do with your diagnosis. And I was like, oh, piss off! What are you going on about? But actually, I do wonder if it does draw something out in in you. You know, having having a HIV positive diagnosis. But yeah, that was kind of a hark back to my childhood. Oh, I love it. So, so just to explain, so I'm terrible at just going off on a whim. Um, behind him, Will has painted a Seabrook crisp packet. So that is what we have been looking at. And as you know, we all know, I love crisps. So that has been catching my attention the entire time. Love it. And yeah. there I have a CCTV camera in the corner with a hidden CCTV wire. Just for Oh, how did you manage that? I just glued it to the wall and painted it. We'll come around here and do the same here. <laughs> just get, look, crack open the magnolia paint, get a hot glue gun, glug, 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 and then just paint over it. It's warm peach, actually, but, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, I know. How, Will, you are not working in some sort of creative industry. I will never yeah. know. Everybody says that. I had a guy around at the weekend, you know, just for a bit of, <laughs> and afterwards he was like, I have a look around your fly. It looks really cool. So I said, and I've done that a couple of times, you know, you kind of have the awkward, Silence after you've had snacks. 
And then they want a fucking guided tour. I love it. Like you're an estate agent. Like you just yeah. finished having sex with them, and then you're like, and and this is the bathroom. Uh, it's a spacious, <laughs> uh, you know, two person shower. Uh, not that I know what your shower's got, like, Will. And then we got in the in the lounge the other night, and it was like, oh, it's like the red room from Twin Peaks. And I was like, what? And it was like your red velvet cinema chairs, and then your kind of chevron liner from your kitchen. It's open plan. And I was like, and then he got his phone out and showed me, and I'm thinking, oh, fuck off. <laughs> well, I get, want to get a shower. <laughs> Yeah, you're done now. Move on. <laughs> yeah, just get out. This has been amazing. And um, yeah, thank you, thank you so, me. so much. And we look forward to having you on again soon. Is there anything you want to add, Sarah? I don't think so. I probably ended it a bit abruptly. I've answered all my questions and we've gone off on several tangents. So we're staying true to form. What more could we ask for? But I think we will definitely come back and do something else again soon. Definitely. There's so much we could talk about. So much. I know. I Is there know, anything you want to add, Will? Anything and you want to add? No, but I'm really disappointed you didn't. Get, I got chocolate button. Oh. Family family share bag, and I haven't seen Sarah pop one chocolate button this whole episode. Jess doesn't like me doing that because she can then hear that. Uh, it's she's sloppy. Editing. It's sloppy. <laughs> I hate when people slap their lips. Oh. I do it anyway when I'm talking. So when I'm eating, it's even worse. Oh. So, uh, yeah, no, I have to wait to laugh. Because as you know, Will, afterwards I lie down in a dark room to get over the experience and then I'll have my buttons in. That's what I'm going to do, yeah. Yeah, you have to. It's this the only bloody way Mary hasn't it. touched the sides, hasn't know. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the HIV podcast. If you enjoyed our podcast, please like, rate and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. You can now also follow us on Instagram and TikTok at The HIV Podcast for behind-the-scenes insights and video. The HIV Podcast is produced by Thames Valley Positive Support. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.